from but, okay. But, right. So <laughs> okay, but you know what? All right. So here's a deal that I'm hearing as we kind of go through our list. If you loved it, say hey, this was on my top or whatever. If I hated it, I DNF'd it just like you said. <laughs> so we don't. We may not even have to do a whole category. We might. We may not. If everybody, you know, like listed. So, hey, all right. But anybody else with the social media made me do it, a.k.a. Reese. Um, I do, but I, it's not a Reese Witherspoon. This is more or less a personal thing. My caveat with a lot of these categories is going to be that I'm writing my own books right now. So I have not been reading to the level that I should have this year. Uh, but there's a book called Black People Don't Ski by Darlene Cunningham. And me and her are friends, mutuals on TikTok. And on TikTok, everybody's like kind of chronicling their or documenting their journey into authorhood, ship, whatever. And she had been discussing this book. And I was like, okay, it's, you know, it sounds good. Not just because we're friends, but it's essentially one out of four. It's a four book series of Black people doing things that they don't do stereotypically throughout each season. And the winter book was Black People Don't Ski, about a Black girl who goes to a ski resort and her and the ski instructor hit it off. Now, I say social media made me do it because if I wasn't on social media, I wouldn't have met this woman. I would not have known she existed. We just happened to like a lot of the same videos and end up in each other's feed and became friends. But when I actually got the book and did the audiobook thing, I'll say this. I do not like the narrator. However, the more I listened to it when I got in a couple chapters, the issue I had with him is a personal one. And that took a backseat to the story because I just I don't like his voice. I don't like certain men. I don't like to hear them read women. And he doesn't do it for me. Now, there's another guy who I'll get to later on and when we get through the list who nails it every time. But this guy, I I didn't like hearing him do the, the female main character. But. After a while, I kind of let that wash over me. And this book, I know I haven't finished because, again, my caveat, but seeing, I think the the description is great, like the, the backdrop of this winter Vancouver space where they address we are two of the only black people in this space. And it, it's never a it's not a traumatic story. It's not a lot of racism. It's just acknowledging we're two black people in this space where we're not normally here and they have this kind of whirlwind romance and i was a little apprehensive because of the narrator but once i let that go it was like oh this is i'm i'm here for it so of course i need to finish it but um i'm like halfway through and i i love it so that's my social media made me do it so i have a couple of pics of social media made me do it so um Book talk is full of a bunch of white folks. So they make me read white authors or even not even just white authors, just like non-black authors. When I was in my reading slump and I just couldn't find a book to kind of hold me and want like want to get me to read. Um, I listened to I think I listened to all of these on audiobook. Um, I listened to Tokyo Ever After by Emiko Jean. It's a very, very sweet retelling of the princess diaries the main character finds out that her father is the prince of japan and that is why he has not been in her life and she also finds out mom is still in love with him um instead of going to college she moves to japan 
and it's about just her finding her way um in Japanese culture and then just like the historical things that have happened in Japan she causes scandals you know shenanigans she makes mistakes she offends some people um and she also her her love interest is her brooding security guard and there's also a class dynamic in that way because he he technically is not good enough for her um but i ended up listening to both books in the duology and i thought that they were both really really good and social media was the one that was like hey if you need some help getting out of your reading slump this is the good place to go um another book that i did was tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow by gabrielle zevin i didn't really have a full understanding of what i was getting myself into um, all I heard was it's basically about the history of video games while also telling the story of um these this friend group over about like 40 or so years. And I didn't think that I would become emotionally invested in the characters and what they were going through. But by the end of it, I was boohoo crying. Like <laughs> things happen. Um, you see them fall apart, fall together, you see how we can be very narrow-minded and not think about other people's feelings, but also not be vocal about our own. You see the struggle of being one of the only women in gaming and in game developing and just what that looks like and how difficult it is. And if you are a video gamer of any kind, kind of in the same way that I am, um, you know that it's still very hard for women to break into that sphere. So I totally enjoyed it. It melds like, things together that I really liked and then um I JJ got me to read Yellow Face but it was on my list because of social media and y'all need to read that I'm not even gonna hold you it is one of the actually I listened to it on audio I think the off the um the reader is actually significantly better on audio and by the end of it you're just like wow why people be wilding <laughs> um, but it also has very um strong implications of what's going on in the literary world currently and kind of what we talked about with all the drama going on um in just book talk and just out there in the world and the last book i read was divine rivals by rebecca ross um it's a romanticy so there's romance but there's fantasy in the background um these two rivals at a newspaper they fall in love, but they don't, one of them knows the identity of the other person because they're writing these anonymous letters back and forth to each other. And you watch as their relationship grows. You also learn more about the war that's taking place between two gods. Um, one god was betrayed by the other. And then less like you're getting closer and closer to the war lines. I will say one of the most like, well-written and captivating scenes is um they're on the actual front lines and they get bombed and like just the chaos of trying to save yourself save those around you keep whatever small tokens that you have um while also trying to escape was probably it was it was beautiful I was stressed but it was beautiful so those would be the ones that I would say that social media got me to read and I'm happy I did I ended up enjoying all of them and Divine Rivals a sequel came out last week, I believe, and I am currently in line to get it at the library, but I think it has like a 
10 week wait or something weird like that. 10 weeks. <laughs> Look. <laughs> I be going through it to get my library books. I'm just want to say cuz like while I live in an area that is probably more POCs than most um it's still difficult to get those books. So when they do request them, even if audio or just like an ebook, um, it still can be anywhere from like a six to 10 week, six to 12 week. I know um, Mo and JJ wanted to read Black Cake. And I was like, well, I got a 12 week wait. So I'll catch up with y'all when I get there. Um, so you get 21 days to keep the book, which is why you have such a long wait. Um, some people take the 21 days. I can be that person. And then some people finish it in two or three days. I can also be that person. Um, they just give you time. So the wait is the wait. Um, only book that I had that was in my social media made me do it for this year was Hood Feminism by um, Mickey Kendall. I'm still, you know, reading it, you know, going through it, reading it and everything. But um, it was one of those... I'm on the timeline on tw on Twitter, and someone had mentioned the book, and I remember the book had came out, but it was just one of those like you know if I read it, I'll get around to it, but someone had recommended the book, so I just said hey, took it to the Target, and it just happened to be there on sale too at that, so you know it's like for me as of late. Um, I was like, I'll pick up something, start it, and then I'll put it back down. But then I was to say, let me, you know, get back into reading this and just reading this, you know, reading this through, finishing it actually, and making the most of it. But cool feminism is still on my social media. Made me do it. Or Reese, I don't think Reese had picked this up though. But that's my pick. So let's talk about the indie books that. You know, you may not, This, these are the books that Reese did not pick because these are not major publishers. So kind of like what you were saying, Rain, that you would not have read that book or uh, maybe come across that book without having known the person personally uh, or the author personally. Are there any other indie books that's been in your radar that you would recommend? I'll go first so you all can, you know, I can just go on mute. I have some series, actually. And uh, the first one is the Rise and Fall series by A.E. Valdez. She also wins the prettiest cover for me. There's um, All I Ever Wanted, All I Ever Needed. And it's a Black girl with a sunflower in her face. If I could have a print of that in my bathroom, I would love it. Also... Uh, this one comes from our second Renaissance podcast that we had with Miss Simi. Hi, Miss Simi. And it's the Ghostly Touches series by Salem Cross. And then I also have the Real Niggas, uh, also the Consortium, I See Your Face, Rain, yes. And it's Negus, spelled N-E-G-U-S. Uh, love it. And that is by Dandridge Monroe. The Harris Sisters books by Neora Renee, and that's N-Y-O-R-A-R-E-N-E. -E. And the Things Unseen series by K. 
dot Lashawn, L-A-S-H-A-U-N. All of these you can find on Kindle Unlimited. Okay. Who's next? Who wants to talk about their indie series? So my indie is going to have to be only for the week by Natasha Bishop. I just think she just wrote such a good, like, I hate to say it's a love story because it legitimately is just a week. But like watching the two main characters explore their crushes on each other, um, come suit bat for each other. The yacht trip is chef kiss. Like sex scenes are excellent. I totally enjoyed that. And I know I recommended it to um, Lady H. I know I recommend it to Mo. If you were like, listen, what should I read? This book right here. This, this one right here. My book boyfriend, or one of my book boyfriends, Rome. Yep, he in this book. Mm-hmm, this is a good one. And it's just, like, super dope. Um, Another one that I liked that I actually need to continue it is a series. Um, It is That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon by Kimberly Lemon. The series, I think, is The Mead Chronicle, something like that. Um, Each book is basically that time I got drunk, that time I yeeted, that time I something, and it's either a demon, a werewolf, or like something other but they are quick and easy and fun to read they are steamy so you're gonna get you at least like one or two sex scenes and they are interconnected so you do need to read one to get to the second one and the third one but I have thoroughly enjoyed those and um they are not on KU and she said she will not be putting them back on KU so you do have to buy them if you want to read them but I think that they're fairly like five or ten dollars if that much and then the last one which I tried to bully Lady H into reading is Restore Me by JL Seegers it is about grieving a partner that has passed falling in love again what does that look like how do you explain that to your in-laws just it's a really 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 beautiful book um that I thoroughly enjoyed I have not read the other two books and that's basically because I don't care about those two characters I didn't invest in them enough when I first read um, Restore Me so I have not felt the need to read the other two books I have been told that the two main characters in Restore Me do make appearances in those books but I just like to sit with their love story and what that means I don't really want to progress um Lady Simi however has stated that the other books are really good and she really, really enjoys them. But Restore Me is my favorite. So for me, a lot of my choices will, again, come down to me writing. Um, There is a series, now this is by a white woman, just FYI. It's called the Marionette Series. And it is about witches at this, like, I don't want to say Harry Potter. I want to reduce it to that. But at this, like, elite campus of witches who are tasked with being kind of familiars or partners to vampires who are at the top of the food chain in this version of earth and it's pretty much uh, it's a contemporary like paranormal romance kind of sort of and i got onto the series because there's a young lady named kate katie wismer she's the author who has a um author tube channel and i've watched her for about two years now and i've watched her go through the process of of like creating the book writing it editing it coming up with names and plot twists and stuff and so by the time she released the first one i was like well shit, i'm emotionally invested now i didn't watch you and turns out it is a really good series um she says if you like 
Vampire Diaries. I, she's a little bit younger than me, so like those type of shows, but you want a more adult version of those shows, which those her words, not mine. It's really good. It, I think it speaks to that. I'll just say Harry Potter um, feel of like a contained world with magic. There's romance, there's vampires, there's paranormal. And that's specifically why I got it. Cause I'm currently writing my own vampire series. So I'm, I'm trying to pull in all mediums that I can, but for the indie, she's full indie. Everything she do is her and on her dime. And so um, I think it's a four book series. The last book just, she just published in the last like month. I literally just downloaded like, yesterday um and i the only thing is there's one character in particular and this again when it comes down to how supporting authors who are not black or poc you run into this issue sometimes there is a character that i have read for three books that i thought was black this was a darker skinned white woman i thought this was a black girl so i think it all comes down to the way she maybe described that character initially because her Wait, character what is, a dark, what is a darker skin white person i'm confused. more tan white person just okay. that, just my little bit more tan Italian. Yeah, so she could pass. well okay. i it's so i have to i want to give her some grace because you know i'm black so when i hear tall dark and handsome i'm thinking at the lightest we getting denzel but white folks I remember no, they, they the dark is the hair. The dark is the hair, not which the skin is so color. crazy. That's the dark wild. is the hair, not the skin color. Yeah, that yeah. is so wild. Like, how is that? How is that a description? <laughs> if you were to, but you, but, but that's why I say I'm not, I'm giving her grace because this is like a white girl from like Portland, Oregon, or something. She's something, something like that. So I'm like, maybe I just read into her description in a way that she didn't intend, but just FYI. All the main characters is white, <laughs> not a black girl. But the book is good. I enjoyed the series. I think she's a, a lovely young lady, and she's really done a, a good job seeing the blood, sudden and tears she's put into it. And if you do like that vampire fantasy, but contemporary, I think that is a it's a good series to get into because it has four books. That's it. She said that's it. She might revisit it. If you read the first one, you're like, all right, I kind of like this. I say just keep going. Keep going. What did you say the book was called, or the series is called? The series is called the Marionette series, and it's four books. The first okay. one um, is the Marionettes. There is Bloodless Ties. Um, don't give me the lie. Wicked Souls, and the last one is Ruthless Ends. Uh, and there's some really pretty covers too. Like if you're really into, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah, they're the, gothic. They're cute. I yeah, like yeah. I, I I was like, okay, I didn't know how I was gonna feel about it when she was like going through the writing process. But I was like, all right, girl, I'll give you a shot. And she she got me hooked. So <laughs> so yeah, the Marionette series. Um, so I was on TikTok and there was a young lady I was following, and she would always made TikToks about how she's not leaving Big Daddy, and you know, she was saying that he's she was carrying his child and that him and his, that whatever issues that come up between him and his wife is their problems. And so she was just randomly make these, these TikToks. And I was just like, you know, like where's where this leading up to? So come to find out she was doing all that to promote her book. So the name of the book is called Never Letting Him Go, The Final Declaration. 
her name is Chantel Charisse. So she has Baltimore roots, but she's um lives in uh South Carolina. And basically the main character, she's married, but she was sleeping around with a married guy who lives a couple doors down from her and they've been having this affair. And since the whole one story that's going on around, like, you know, just things, just kind of the series of events between them and everything. And so the guy that she's with, her boyfriend, her husband, I can't think of which one it was, but they, he find he already had knew that they was, he was messing around, that she was messing around. But then the whole other story arc is that her sister is, you know, involved in the violent relationship that doesn't get revealed toward the end and she's you know every time they go over there they have to bag up some drugs and stuff like that and it turns out that it was just like it got very violent towards the end and I was just like okay I finished the book like a weekend like I had got it like she was had on Kindle so I just went and got it and I finished the book in like a weekend normally it will take me like a while since your book, but I finished the weekend. I was just like, okay, I see what you're doing, and I got some questions about your characters and everything that you have written and everything. But you know, it was a the rollout that she was doing was for her. It was it was cool, I guess you can say that. But would I recommend for anybody else to read it? <laughs> it's like a hood book, so I'm like, nah. I just, I just took one for the team. And I just read it because she kept just kept making those TikToks. I was just like. Is this really happening or not? Because people kept saying no. They was in the car, but it's like no. You should you should tell him about the baby. You know, you know he should have a, a role in the life. And da, da 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 da. I was just like, all right. And then she was like, no, I'm promoting my book. And I was like, girl, what? <laughs> I was like, create a way of rolling out your book. But I guess, yeah. But I wouldn't recommend it to us to read because you know it was just like I said. I read it in the weekend. And it was just like one of those hood books, but they tried to, she tried to make it a little bit more sophisticated than what it really was. I read a book like that this year and it was called Fly Betty by Treasure Blue. And it was, and that was audio. It was an interesting experience and I wouldn't recommend it. The second thing is since you talked about a book with Baltimore roots and, um, you and I read it, and so did Madame Lizette. We kind of jumped you and said, you got to read this. So we would, I would love to hear a male's perspective, and that is Natasha Bishop's uh, The One Week. What was the name of it? Only Shit. for the week. That was what I said um, in my indie. Only for the yeah. week. So what'd you think of it, Mo? Right. Y'all say something? See, you like it? Were we wrong? Should I not have bullied you? Like, no, I mean, I'm still reading it, and it's interesting how the story is playing out. So I'm just like, I'm still reading it, and I'm just like, I see what was going on here. And like the two, <laughs> main, like the two main characters. We all told me read because, um, shout to Lady D, the smut level was high. You know, turn up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. No, so, and that was like the initial sex scene between the main characters that were real interesting because you don't see this in books that I've read previously. You don't see 
the introduction of contraceptives, so to speak, you know, things like that. You don't see they just go into it, doing it, and everything else. But this author to say, hey, we're going to do that in this book. Safe sex is as as viable, everyone. Um, I'm liking it so far. I'll say, I'll tell you, I'll say that. So thanks for pulling me into it. Yay! Uh, and I also have a, a hard copy for Lady D because shout out to Read Her, R-E-A-D-H-E-R, which is a subscription box that you can get Black Romance uh, books every other month and uh, some other trinkets and stuff like that. And so I, I am not going to lie. Some of those books that you get in the box, you can also get in Kindle Unlimited. So if you wanted a hard copy of it, and then they do something really nice with the font in the inside and some of the pages and things of that nature. And oftentimes you can get them signed. So I have one for you, Lady D, of only for one week. And I'm recommending it if you're interested in discovering Black romance indie authors, that is a great way of doing it. I've seen some of them in like um, Target and Walmart. They have a whole black section. And you know how those, those old books, those romance novels, how they had the the the, the heroine, the hero and a and woman on the cover. They have those with the black authors as well, too. Am I missing out on those because I live in the Burby, Burby, Burby state? <laughs> I mean, if you come down here, you might be able to find them. Yeah, because I'm I'm in Tarjay a lot, and I don't recall seeing a little black section of literature. No, this was happening to be this is Walmart. This is this is this yeah. Is my Target and in, my Walmart have started to do it. Okay, so it must be because I live in the Burby 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 state. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Lower snower. But, you know, that's what we say. Like, I don't live in lower slower. Excuse I said me. snower. Snower. Oh, oh, okay. Snower as in white girl. I got snower. You, I got you. I thought you said lower slower because that is a thing around here. Okay. Oh downstate, down you you know, if you live downstate, you're supposed to be a little slow. And I, you know, I don't live down there. Poor Ray. Okay, Ray is like, Ray. what? Oh, I am. I, Ray is a, he, yep, yep. Ray is like, what is happening? <laughs> but y'all know, like, for every, like, black section, there's, like, another one full of Colleen Hoover books. So, Switch. can we go for you it? You just gotta, you gotta do, do it. it. Right. Um, go ahead. I'm do it, tired. Do it, do it. I'm tired. I, look, I'm not hating on nobody. Get your money, get your bag. But my God damn, am I sick of the. It's to the point now, and in, in, in walk with me, because I'm going to say something that's not going to sound like it's aligned with how I feel, but we're going to walk it back. I'm to the point now where little Miss Kate, I almost understand her initial thoughts, because if everybody and their mama only hailing this fucking Colleen Hoover, like, I'm kind of like her, and I'm like, damn, even with all the white women, this the one that got the, the seat at the, the Iron Throne? I'm sick of her. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. I one of my favorite book talkers is like a 23, 24 year old white girl, and she's mm -hmm. fucking hilarious. She has ADD and I love her. Right. And that girl has talked about Colleen Hoover books, and she's just like, guys, 
don't do this to yourself. I do this so you don't have to. I know exactly who you're talking about. I know exactly who you're talking I, about. That oh, brown um, hair. It's not yeah. Lexi, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I watch her all the time. She, yeah. 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 She talks fast. We could be friends. No lie. I absolutely adore her. But like she has introduced me to white people books and white people like weird things. Yes. Because there is no way in your right mind why there should be like a offshoot genre of I sleep with my step whatever. That should have stayed with porn because why are we? <laughs> why are there books? I have been in, like so. I get why Colleen Hoover is still kicking it, and she is like the gem. They like weird stuff over mm-hmm. there. Like as much as we like, we were talking about the scandals and the drama. I totally understand why the KKK book makes it through like white readers because they just like weird books. Yes. If I have to have one person tell me that Credence is a good book, and I'm like, Credence can't possibly be a good book if the girl sleeps with her step-uncle and his kids, that's a problem, guys. I don't mm-hmm. know what you're talking about. I, They're so weird. weird. They're like, what weird. are we doing? They're weird. Have you read or heard of November 9th, the Colleen Hoover book? That no, is... I, no, I have not. That book, <laughs> that don't that that is I'm not hating on Colleen. Get your bag, white sis, that white woman of color, get your bag. But this is the silliest ass book. I have been told that her books thrive on um trauma. Yes. So God. like she hits you with a bunch of emotion and pain and trauma so that you can't help. But by the time you get to the end of it, just like the book, because you've gone through this really weird journey with these characters, and maybe mm. they found some peace or solace at the end. And I'm sorry, no, thank you. <laughs> Not that one. It's abuse. That's what it is. Your abuser has finally started it being is. nice. And so it's like, oh, he's not so bad. You locked me in a basement for 30 days, but you know, I also can wear a pretty dress. So of course, this is okay. And that no. is my. You say that that is one of my biggest beefs with like dark romances is sweetheart. Is he like a brooding white man or is he abusive? And also mafia ties. Yes. I'm, but I digress. Yes. Yeah. All right. We didn't take it over. What about no? It's okay. I do want to say this thing about Colleen Hoover. I think that the pendulum is swinging back. Because mm. when I was looking at some of the list for best of 2023, I noticed that, that some specifically said, and we don't mention Colleen Hoover. What? Oh, and I, oh, oh, yeah. So in other words, if you want to click on this, don't worry. We don't mention Colleen Hoover. Okay. <laughs> and I thought, huh, that's odd. But. There it is. So I guess because you do have the inundation of it where she's everywhere that and and her books aren't exactly new. Like, has she published anything recently? So it's just just a book talk algorithm. Literally, the rhythm is going to get you that has pushed this. Yeah, okay, shimmy shake that has pushed her out there. And people are like, but we didn't say it was good. Either way, like you said, glad she got her back. But I do think that 
the pendulum is swinging away from her once again. But since we talked about some books, <laughs> an author that we didn't particularly like, let's talk about some of the books that we did like. And uh, let's break them down in categories before we just, in general, what did you like? Uh, let's talk about our favorite audio books. For me, Madame Lizette, you mentioned one of them. It was Yellow Face. That author gave delusion beautifully. Beautifully. I was like, that, that woman is out of her mind. Uh, because a lot of the book was written within the mind of the main character. So we spend a lot of time with her. And it really is. It's like, if you want to be in the mind of a white author, here you go. And it literally, the id, the ego, all of it. There you go. So we're with her and you're listening to it. The reader did an excellent job. Also, uh, for me, it didn't come out this year. Once again, Daisy Jones and the Six. That audio production was a documentary and it had like the narrator who played Daisy Jones was Jennifer Beals. You had other named people. I don't want to say too many because you're like, oh, that voice. Voices you would know read the book and it was a full cast. So if you are into audio or you're not so much or you're not sure, that's a good one to start with. And we're going to mention Daisy Jones and the Six again. So I, I won't say too much else right now. All right. Who is next for best audiobook? Um, I'll say Stephen A. Smith's Straight Shooter. Um, definitely a great book that, you know, listen to in the audio form. He does the reading himself. You know, one of the most known Black reporters, um, commentators for ESPN, definitely uh, just to hear his story, you know, how he, you know, being born in, I want to say Queens, um, he was born in Queens, and how to, you know, being one of the most sought out journalists, um, you know, working in the Philadelphia Inquirer and then on the ESPN. It was just a great book to read. He was on a lot of press early this year for it. Um, another one, uh, Jeanette McGurdy's, um, I'm glad my mom is dead. Not the cake for white people, but it goes to this, her story show goes to show that, you know, not all white people get everything they want. She was basically, you know, I guess I say push into this entertainment realm of her life and everything. And then the way how she wrote her book. It was like really short, so it was like ninety something chapters, but they're like really short. So it's like she's having like a conversation, and she's just talking about just random things. As I mean, just how her life, just how she got into the business, her time with iCarly, and other stuff that was going on. That I was listening to our story. I was like, wow, I was like, you know, like she was like, like right there because. A reason why I was watching I Call is my goddaughter was every time I would go see it, she was like, We gotta watch I Call. And I was like, Sam was cool because Sam was just no nonsense and just a real polarized. I ain't gonna say I won't say polarizing character, but her character stood out from everyone else. And then her, just how her life just, 
the whole her eating disorders and this everything that was just going on with her, she just definitely had a very interesting life. Um, Britney Spears. Uh, <laughs> when I saw it, it said Michelle Williams was reading this book, was narrating the book. I'm thinking, Michelle Williams, Destiny Child? Because I saw that to, um, to JJ. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, this was Destiny Child, Michelle Williams? Like, no, no, no. It's the actress, Dawson's Creek, Michelle Williams. Um, another book, Britney. <sighs> wow. Her family. Wow. Her father, especially. Ooh, did her wrong. So then, um, all the men in her, I'll say all the men in her life did her, did her wrong or her a huge apology. And if she was to get reparations, she should get them too. But, um, uh, yeah. So that was, um, a real interesting book to listen to. So getting to Kennedy Ryan. Um, first one I read from her was Homecoming. More than I listened to, um, it was that was an audible exclusive, and it was an interesting story about you know two the two main characters they graduate from the same um, HBC as a fictional HBCU, then they went on to have different lives. The male character he went off to Paris and became a journalist, and he um, you know had a daughter who he ended up going to the same HBCU. She's um, homecoming queen. And the um the marriage obviously didn't work out, and then he was coming to homecoming to meet up with the other the woman who was the other main character, and they had, you know, I guess they had an opportunity to get together when they was in school, but things didn't work out, and then now all of a sudden, homecoming brought the butt together, and the uh, salute of events, you know, gets them back with that road again to, uh, to a relationship, um. So I finally finished Before I Let Go, which is the book one in the Skyland series. And <laughs> JJ asked, how did I like the book? And I was just like, you know what? I'm glad that mental health and the, the things that kind of leads us to making the, the rash decisions in our lives was addressed here because yes, the traumatic event that happened in the book led to the divorce, but you know, you don't really get that separate. I guess you can't. You, you have two kids by someone, and the love is still there. But it was basically Josiah was mad. Yasmin was like, you know, feeling her way about certain things. They still ran the restaurant together. Great book, and I was just like, okay. So it was kind of predictable how it ended, but how it got there was like, okay, I see how the how we got to, to that road to them getting back together. And I said, we'll see what book two brings. And it's a couple other ones, but I want to hold too much time. I'm currently listening to Will Smith's um autobiography. I was gonna say Jada, but I said I'm gonna leave Jada, I'm gonna leave Jada for like down the um for the next one. But um I'm listening to Will Smith's and like I told, I was talking to JJ about it and I said it's more like an inspirational tale because a lot of things that he went through, that he's that he's gone through, especially the wall in that opening pre-chapter, I was just like, I can apply that to my life to where I want to go at. And I'm just listening and I'm just like, you know, really taking in 
about how his story and who he really was. Like he cusses a lot, but he doesn't cuss on his records and everything. His his Gigi kind of like you know, hey, you don't have to cuss on records or nothing like that. And I remember my grandmother was always saying, I love like Will Smith was a great rapper because he don't cuss like the other rappers you listen to. And I'm like, yeah, I understand, Grandma, but <laughs> I was like. That's neither here nor there. But those are my favorite audio books from this year. Well, you know what? Can I say something? Because I was going to say this, save it for memoir, but since you brought it up, um, this year has been the year of the memoir for me. And a lot of them I did read via audio. And the Will Smith book, he is rapping, he is singing. There is piano playing. I, this man is entertaining. Okay. He starts it off like, I'm hype. And stays that way. You can tell sometimes he gets emotional or whatever, but it is seriously entertaining in the way that you would think it would be. Also, it's a great compliment to Jada Pinkett Smith's Worthy, which I also listened in audio. And she does an excellent job telling her story, but it's almost like they're in conversation with each other. Jada's book did come out in 2023. Will's book came out years prior. So you're getting both sides of the story. And I do recommend both of them in experience. Also, in audio, two sides of the story memoir, Deborah Lee's I Am Deborah Lee's came out around June and July. And around October was Sheila Johnson's Walk Through Fire. The one thing that they, well, they have two things in common. Sheila Johnson is the wife of Bob Johnson and a co-founder of BET, which Deborah Lee worked at. And the thing they have in common was they were both having sex with Bob Johnson. What are you saying to me, That's Ray? Okay. Well, 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 well. <laughs> then there you go. <laughs> That's a box set Ooh. right there. Yes, <laughs> it is. I was like, wait a, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's yes, indeed. So you get, again, like two sides of the same conversation. Right. Both, and I listened to them both on audio. So like all of these, again, are on audio. Um, these are not all of the memoirs that I read this year. These are just the memoirs that I've read uh, via audio. So I got to hear them tell their own stories or read their own stories with the exception of um, Britney Spears. Oh yeah, Foshes, Foshes. <laughs> oh my God. Ugh, <laughs> white nonsense. Oh, Michelle, yeah. Michelle Williams nailed that. <laughs> she nailed that when she said, I was like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh, she made her sound like such a douche. Uh, it so, <laughs> it was so funny. But I'm going to just go through quickly some of the other books um, that I've read. Standing My Ground by Harry Dunn. Adversity for Sale, Jeezy. Okay, now. <laughs> I forgot I read that one, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Enough, Cassidy Hutchinson. Uphill, Jamel Hill. Spare, Prince Harry. Belonging, Michelle Miller. Up Home, Ruth J. Simmons. Thicker Than Water, Carrie Washington. All of them did an excellent job in reading 
and emoting their own stories. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I um, there were two for me. Um, one was actually the Atlas Six by uh, what's her name? Olivia Ryder. What's that woman's name? I think it's a white woman too. I enjoyed this book because it's <laughs> again magical fantasy, like urban fantasy. Um, and there are, I believe, there's six main characters, and then there's like a few side characters. But I enjoyed this because I know audiobooks are not cheap, and they have six different actors reading these characters. I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta at least see what what she putting down. And there, um like British UK folks and whatnot, but I I thoroughly enjoyed that book. Specifically for the action, there's a particular scene where they are using their powers and they're fighting in this, I don't know, think of like Xavier Mansion in like the main room, but there's no light. And so everyone has to rely on the other person and the chemistry they have. And I think it's like, it's, not only written well, but the folks who are acting those characters are doing such a good job and a believable job where you don't hear people shooting guns and hollering in the background, but the way that they're portraying those action scenes to me were a little bit more important than like the quieter romance scenes and whatnot. Because if you could make me believe that I'm in this grand room with guns going off, then you've, you've done your job. So that is one in my absolute favorite hands down is an older book called dark corner by brandon massey this is a black man i i got more to say about this later because this is my reread but this book i'm not one who's into horror i just recently in the last year and a half got into like horror movies and all of them don't hit the same and i've always been skeptical when it comes to horror books thrillers i could see you could build the suspense but horror i'm like eh, i don't know this this negro this african-american this negro nostrils having ass black man there are the book is so good but those times that are the horror part they really like i'm, I'm gonna say they creep up on you and again my caveat is i'm i'm, I'm relatively new to horror books so maybe this is light work for somebody else but this man has built out a world and he has, a, this is the book that has a phenomenal male voice actor. He plays everybody in this book. This book is a small town in Mississippi. You got young black men, young black women, older black women, kids, like he's he's killing it for nothing but his voice acting alone. I say, y'all need to pay attention to this book. But Dark, Dark Corner by Brandon Massey, that is, that's my absolute hands down favorite audiobook this year no questions asked (laughs) so um lady h has mentioned two of mine which was daisy jones and the six in yellow face um i was surprised by how much i liked daisy jones since it is recorded in a more of a documentary style so it's just a bunch of interviews going back and forth and like retelling of the story but once i kind of focused in on how I was going to listen to the audiobook. It really, really went really well. And it was dope because every character got their own um, narrator. So every voice sounded distinct and it was just very well recorded. And then Yellowface, um, the narrator for that book, 
I know that if I would have read the book on an ebook, I would have been like, yo, this white woman is crazy. But to hear a white woman vocalize it in a way that made me go, oh, no, she really is crazy. Like she conveyed that very well. And just like that paranoia, that self-righteousness, that entitlement, and even like the white woman's tears of it, just great narration altogether. And then two other ones that I really, really enjoyed was The Deep. Um, it's by River Solomon, David, David Diggs, and William Hudson. Uh, David Diggs actually read this copy and he was a narrator for this. And I love David Diggs' voice ever since um, Hamilton. So I could listen to him talk to me about anything um, and be good with it. I think he told the story really well. The, the book itself is very short, but it tells a very good story. And his narration is dope. And then um, another one is Forget Me Not by Julie Soto. I told Lady H to listen to this one. Um, but it has two narrators male and female and both of their voices are really good the male voice is just like gruff but and super masculine I just I just really really loved it he got to talking and I was like yep I can see why she thinks that she's falling in love with you this makes sense and then I actually just recently finished Black Cake a couple of days ago and I think that the narration of that book was actually very very well done um, I like the Caribbean accents. I'm not sure. I can't remember if the narrator is Caribbean or not, but um, she put on a good enough accent that I was like, I will take it at face value and say that she is. And I really, really enjoyed that. So those would be mine as far as my favorites of this year. So that's a great transition. Black Cake is a great transition to some of the better or best or however you want to talk about book to screen adaptations. So black cake. Oh, most of them are not good. Like they're just not good. Well, I mean, we don't got to do a full critique. I am. I have just started black cake. Um, and, And I didn't read black cake, but I really enjoyed the show. So that's something that I was telling Lady H about earlier today. So I did not read the other black girl, but I watched the television show for the other black girl. And I actually enjoyed the television show. And I legitimately believe, and this is probably goes for more play more things than not. If you read the book, you should just avoid the adaptation. Especially yes. if it's a book that you like. Like if you read the book and you really enjoyed it, you should just uh, avoid the adaptation. Cause like we talked about the perfect sign and how that was not a good and adaptation of the ah! book. Black is. is not, in my opinion, is not a good adaptation of the book. Um, I can take this all the way back to my middle school, high school years. Napoli Ever After is not a good adaptation of that book. So they're just, an, it, may, it might just be black books. I, I don't know, but they don't do them justice of me reading them. Um, I haven't read The Other Black Girl and I'm probably not going no. to. But mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed the television show. Like I thought the show was, yeah, good. Show was good. So I I'm assuming that you know you got to pick a lane. You got to pick a side. Either you just go strictly. I'm just gonna read this and enjoy it and hope that it is what it is, or I'm gonna watch it and enjoy it and for what it is and whatever. Because I also did not watch 
Daisy Jones and the Six, but that's because I looked at the cast and I was like, that is not what those characters look like in my head. And so I decided not to watch the show. Well, let me just name a few. Kindred. And most of these are on Hulu. Uh, uh, uh. The other black girl, Black Cake, those three were on Hulu. The Perfect Find, Netflix. Will Trent, ABC. And also Daisy Jones and the Six, which was on Amazon. Can you all think of any others that you've either read and know that there's an adaptation? I know like uh, Shadow and Bone is another one. And that was on Netflix. But um, if you've read it and had an adaptation or not. No? Do you want to just stick with the, those then? Um, I will say... If we're going fantasy, Percy Jackson just got theirs. Mm-hmm. I'm actually watching. I never read the book, so I have nothing to compare it to. I did, and I haven't seen the show yet. I, uh, <laughs> Look, the author picked the black girl, so I'm gonna go support. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I don't know if it. Well, this was years ago, especially with everything this man been through now. But I think Lovecraft Country was a really good adaptation. But I, mm, I guess it's not. Well, no. I mean, I do, but I don't think that fits with this conversation because that was a couple years ago. So. Yeah, and Later. then, all, but but the sequel came out, Destroyer of Worlds. Did oh, that adaptation? Oh, there you go. I was say, did that adaptation or that book encourage you to read the sequel? Oh no, yeah, no, 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 absolutely. I'm, I'm Matt Ruff. I think did a really good job being a white man of. Like the first, the book itself, I enjoy, and the changes that were made with the series, I enjoy. And so, knowing there was going to be that second book, I knew I was going to read it. I just, but knowing how the series ended, the fact that it ended and the way it ended is what moved the um, second installment from the top of my list. Now, I still want to read it, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not clamoring to get it like I would have if we had have gotten a season two. Okay. Well, anybody want to talk about the other adaptations that are out? So someone made a mm about Kindred. It was my first audiobook this year, and I really, really enjoyed it, but I did not watch the show. So, Mo? <laughs> no, the reason why I uh, because I read it in undergrad. It was one of our um, the books that we had to read in our um, Black Women um History in America class, which was a great, great class to take in undergrad, but Miss Lisa ain't on that. And we read that. And so that when I saw they was on the Hulu adaptation, and I was just like, they gonna change a lot of stuff that happened, and that's what they did. So, so I read, I read the audio book this year too, and that was my first encounter with it. Mm. And I did watch the first two episodes of Kindred, I would say skip it just because it ended on a cliffhanger and it was canceled. It was. So you can just go ahead and read the book and just know what happened. And you did read the book, so you're good. Yeah, I finished the book and I really, really enjoyed that book. Like, I was surprised because I'm not a person who typically enjoys black slave movies Hmm. um, just because it's just a lot of trauma to relive through and that's not always something like I go to books to escape and sometimes I'm not trying to escape into trauma but I also knew how 
good this book was and how excellent Octavia Butler is as a writer. So I was like, I'm going to push through this. And once I got into it, I was like, oh, this is great. Um, maybe not my favorite like narrator because I listened to it so early this year. I don't remember the voice very well, but I do remember the, the parts of the book that stuck with me. And so I was like, hmm, should I watch the show or not? But I do have a question and maybe it, the answer is probably very simple, but for like Black Cake, you can tell they changed the story so we could have a season two. Um, the other Black girl, they changed the ending so there would be a season two. When they decide to change the endings or change any parts of the story so that there are additional seasons instead of just ending it in a short series, does that make you want to continue to watch if you're enjoying it or are you just like I know how this ends I don't even I don't want to see what new thing you come up with hmm. good question I have an answer for that okay since you've changed the ending it's not the same so I would if I enjoyed where you were going or how you were telling the story and the world that you have created kind of like fanfic then I'm down with still traveling with you as long as it makes sense. Mm -hmm. If I don't agree with the changes and I'm like, fuck this, then I will just (laughs) stop and keep my original that I enjoyed and revisit that because I am a big rereader. I'm just wondering because with the changes that they made to the other black girl, I will probably watch the second season, even though I know what the original ending was without having to read the book. Spoilers don't bother me. Mm-hmm. But with the changes they made to Black Cake, I don't know if I would be willing to go into the second book because there was something very special about Kovi and the story that they were telling in that book and the um, closure they were trying to provide. And now I just feel like in the show it's just let's keep this drama going and i'm just like but there was so much loveliness about like see that's and that's just the problem right there everyone having their reckoning right and that's just that's just and then it's just like listen to the audio book and then still watching the show and i'm just like ah yeah it's a lot that they i I got you right they like i said it's adapted for television so I get that, but it's just like you reading it, and the story is so how the house it's written and told in the audiobook form. I mean, I get why the, the adaptation had to when we you had the changes had to be made, but it's just you know a lot just kind of just like takes away from the story when it when it does that. But like I was saying, if you want to read the book, I mean, they do both of them are written well, and the show is done well. But you watch it's like you watch it, and you'll be like, they took this out, they didn't do this. It, it clashes. There were, I think, it within the first. I think I had messaged uh, Lady H in like the first fifteen minutes. It was like they made a change. I don't like it. And then it was right. like consistent. Like, oh, they changed that too. Oh, that person is way more important than they were in the book. Oh, that's a new character. I would like it. Just it was just too many and what I told Lady H was it was very white savory like Mm. they were just like let's add a white person here there are not Mm. enough white people in this story and they ended up appearing to have much more to do with the novel than like what 
we got out of it. And so it was just like, but that's not, that's not how that was described. That's not how that happened. This character didn't even exist. Like there were just so many different things that What's I you was, talked about. Um, well, I don't want to spoil it because I know Lady H, you, you are still, you read it, but you're watching it, right? Right. Right, okay, so, 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 how, so we, we can do this. We can go. We can. When do this. he goes to Sweden, they added a character, and I ain't like that shit. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was just saying, right? But now what I'm <laughs> saying is, we can, we can talk about like how in the perfect find, how. <sighs> right, I, I don't want exactly. to trick you. Like, I want to exactly. you, right? But mm. I'm just saying it was just like way how they the the ex boyfriend was written one way. And one in the book, but then in the movie, I was like, "Y'all did that." <laughs> I was like, "Come on, now. you made him white? Why?" Like, no, he, white... they, no, he was white, but they made him black in the, in the Yeah, movie. you made him black. I'm sorry. The white, him being white, was the like the, the the most important part to why this wasn't working. Also, but okay, um, it's uh, it's just things, that, and I get why they do it. Like they're trying to lean towards audiences that have not read the book, and they look at us as people who have consumed it as being like, "You still have the original. You should just enjoy it." But one thing that I, I don't care if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, Harry Potter fan, Twilight fan, like whatever. They all say we all say the same thing. You should probably just go read the books, though. Especially for Game of Thrones too, they, they say yeah, that. like you just. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Up until a certain point, the the show was, in my opinion, better than the books because oh, the books really? are like eight hundred pages long. Yeah, I, don't have the, I don't have. The, I don't have the patience. Their books are huge. I was like, really, y'all sat and read that? Mm-hmm. No, I think at some point they said they stopped reading it and just started winging it, and that's why it started yeah. to kind of there were some issues in places and then eventually we got that terrible season and it was just like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Um, but either way, like, adaptations are hit or miss, hit or miss. depending on how... Well, like, well, how wait. We... So let me rile you all up. We did forget one very significant and very recent book-to-screen adaptation and yeah. that is The Color Purple. Mm-hmm. And see, I was well, about I to, I was about to say, I was going to miss it, I was going to bring it up, but I was waiting until we got done with these this current crop of books every day in it. I was waiting. All right, wait, we're here. Yeah. We we here. We here. We here. We here. We here. We we here. Okay, so if you haven't seen it yet, this version is a based off the Broadway musical. So okay. you're going to get singing. You're going to get dancing. Fantasia Moreno is the lead character, the lead actress in this um, movie. So you know what she does. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised when you go in there and you seeing the, the singing and the dancing. People tell me, tell, me, tell me they got up and left like 30 minutes in. And I'm like, do y'all not read the, the reviews? You know, just saw the color purple was just like, oh, I'm going to just go see this movie. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Because most of the, not most of the cast, but several of the cast members from the Broadway play are in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. For a reason. Like, oh. And I, <laughs> oh my gosh! And I want to say they said it was a musical. Yeah, they did when they were advertising it. When, when they announced the get, cast, they said it's a musical. <laughs> yeah, it was like you weren't going to get what you got all those years ago. Like I just context matters, and people just be ignoring it. They be whooping their ass. They just ignore it. 
Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen it yet. I'm hoping to go. But here's the thing. I don't like 1985 color purple. Just to be honest. Really? <laughs> I mean, I watch it. We're not but it's alone. Not, but I don't. We're not alone. I mean, it's one, it's, it's one of my favorite movies and everything, but I get why some people don't watch it. And another thing that annoyed me about people's day was to say, oh, I want to go see another slave movie. And I'm like, do you know your history dates when slavery yeah. ended? <laughs> and and Lady H and I saw The Color Purple on Broadway, so I'm all down for hmm. the musical. That's so. Yeah, um, a lot of black people ain't for some reason. But I think right. <laughs> your comment, um, Madam Lizette, earlier, I I don't have a problem with an adaptation, even if it's bad, because you get The Color Purple 2023, which is an adaptation of the Broadway show, which is from the original book. So we have four different instances of this IP that is going to resonate with someone. And I say that because even if, like, you think Black Cake is terrible, with the color purple, changes were made in this last one without giving too much. I feel like changes were made where if you didn't like the 85 one, they did some things that's going to at least make you maybe be a little bit more satisfied or feel a little like the story is full circle. Oh, well... Okay, I, I get you with that, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, Rain, just a certain part of that story uh-huh. had 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 people gasping and when I, the show was okay. gasping. Yeah, and I'm just like, and I'm like, no, yeah, I'm like, really? I'm like, did y'all? I mean, I get it. In eighty in the eighty five version, mm. we saw how that played out. That was that that they kind of just like glossed over it. Yeah, yeah. And this one, they just kind of just say, hey, this is a new time we can do a little bit more but yeah even with that with it being a piece of art people aren't realizing well it's art so it's subjective but the things that were in the original that couldn't be done in this one i feel like actually was done in this one and people and you don't it was right in your face but you know that's i don't want to give too much but all that being said, I think that um, adaptations are actually a really good thing because you're 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 branching out and giving this story to others who may not have ever even thought about it. Um, yeah. We can be upset about what was that? What what is y'all? Somebody said it earlier about a show that um, Kendrick Kendrick stopped on a cliffhanger. So did Deadly Class, which we ain't talking about comic books, but that was a expertly done live action of a period piece comic book that's set in the eighties. And that has one season and it pisses me off to this day. But if somebody randomly finds that series in 2027, they're going to look at the comic book and then have volumes of books to look at. So if they do see black cake and they're like, Oh, this is okay. Or this is so great. If they go back and read that book, it, I think it, it, the, when you have a variation this is why I don't really get too hung up on comic book adaptations being so literal. Is that when you have something that's slightly different, and a hundred people might hate it, but fifty people might love it, you're you're getting the same story, but you get to decide which one is um, which one is true for you. And I might not like Robert Downey Jr. or I might love him. So now when I read Iron Man comics, that's the voice in my head. Yeah, um, yeah. So I agree. I don't, I don't I have. Agree. I like. I say they all great. <laughs> you know, I watch like, the perfect five. So you know, um, but yeah, I, I think I, I don't, I don't have a problem with 
adaptations. I have a problem with them being bad, but I don't have a problem with them in general. But it's just the fact that when they, it's like you read it and you find yourself invested in that story, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, then you mm-hmm. see, and then you're watching it and you're like, oh, they did this, oh, they did that. Mm-hmm. And it's like you, and it's like you, you get mad at it, and it's just like, <laughs> you know, you know, you know what's going to be. You like, you like, yeah. okay. you, you see, you get a certain point. You're like, they did that. What? Yes. 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 Like, I will say that for the things that I didn't like about Black Cake, mm-hmm. it ended on a stronger note. I would say, mm-hmm. even though I did not like like the ending a hundred percent, I do think that it ended on a stronger note. So mm-hmm. I may go back to see what they do in season two, mm-hmm. um, because they they're trying to get one of the characters more depth than I think she. Mm-hmm. She had in the book. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, I get, it. but like I stated, some of it feels like it's because they're trying to center whiteness in this Caribbean story. Yeah. Um, and that agitates me more than anything. Huh. But I do think you are right about like adaptations and how they can bring other people to it, or it'll mm-hmm. send them to the original work. Cause like I know for me, um, I watched WandaVision. I think it's one of the best shows Disney Plus and Marvel have ever done. And it made me want to, like, learn as much as I could about Wanda that Mm -hmm. I didn't already know. So, like, I bought a couple of her volumes and just, like, read through them because they made her feel powerful and strong. And I know that she has all of these different storylines. And Mm -hmm. most of her comics are in volumes now. So you can just buy a volume that is centered around her and her story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't have gotten there if it wasn't for watching WandaVision. So yeah. I totally understand that it, there are some of us who are going to look at it and go, Ooh, I want to know more and mm-hmm. go search that out. And that's even more important because it, it keeps the work popularized. Yeah. That's yeah. what I did. That's what happened to me with Deadpool. I was like, okay, I love this character. Let me go. Um, Read and it was just like I was find myself buying the as you said the volumes with the different stories and everything reading them and I'm just like yo this character is just so well it's funny mm-hmm. and this the, the the adventures that he was going on and they had him going on in the in the comics I was just like yo this is hilarious this is you know just great it's great storytelling everything and for people like well it's easy like Deadpool because he's da, 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 da. and I was just like well this is I was like, because y'all make everybody else so complicated, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, with all these different versions of Spider-Man and, you know, well, you can't like this this thing of X-Men because, you know, this story's around this thing. I'm like, y'all make it so difficult, so I'm going with who I like, who brings the stories out of me, and if I can go on a journey and find different books and stuff and things like that, I'm going to read, I'm going to buy it, and I'm going to enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. just because. I agree. I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, just one thing. There is another entry into the Color Purple canon. The BBC Radio did oh. an adaptation for it as well. You may, you may be able to find that online. Um, so again, it's about access and introducing people to the story. And hopefully, like you said, Madame Lizette, they do go back to the original work, which is a banned book. Alice Walker also was one of the first black women to receive a Pulitzer Prize. It's it's something to have in your library. 
I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> That's right. So, 